Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you again for allowing us to penetrate your ears for the evening. I'm the host of this fledgling and floundering podcast, Neil. And tonight I'm joined by two very uh, uh, special guests, you could put it that way. Uh, our first guest was the best man at uh, the commissioner's wedding. A man who runs straighter the more he drinks. Uh, Warrior superfan Sean Yapel, better known as Sly in the group chat. How you doing, Sly? Uh, two questions for you, Neil. Yes. One, can I swear? Absolutely. Fucking A. Yep. Two, can I drink? Absolutely. Cheers. All right. Fucking cheers. Let's go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Old Forrester. Mm. Good stuff. It's, it's damn good and it's damn cheap, which is a bad combination. Uh, or the best, and one of the two. It's uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our other guest today is a man who was a ringer on a championship intramural softball team at San Diego State in 2009. A man who likes to wear only a white tee with no underwear or pants at night, especially while drinking. The, uh, the Joey Chestnut of eating sushi, our commissioner, Mr. Jones. Good to be back. Recurring guest. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been fun having you on. You know, Kenny and I go back a long way, so it's fun to finally fulfill our destiny 20 years, 20 years later. Uh, yeah. yeah, so how you doing? What have you been up to? Uh, same old stuff. Just uh, living the dream, working, and, uh, you know, trying to play, play with the sun enough uh, so he doesn't kill himself at night. And, uh, you know. How old is he now? He'll be three in about six weeks. Damn, Kenny, that's pretty damn morbid. Play with him so he doesn't kill himself tonight. Well, he's dude, he's like he doesn't re he doesn't realize how big he is and how strong he is, and he runs around like he's he's, he's a freaking tank. tank, man. He's a tank. I 100 percent agree. Uh yeah, no, he's he's a fun kid. Rambunctious. I remember watching the Oklahoma game with you guys, and he was a he was a funny guy. Uh so we're gonna roll back a little bit. Uh we were talking about Top Shot the other day, and I feel like it's only exploded more. Sean, have you been taking a look at that? Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Have you made any purchases? <laughs> no, I I, oh. I thought I thought about this coming home today. Anybody who purchases Top Shot should automatically be put into the forty five percent tax bracket <laughs> because you have so much money to waste. Either you have too much stimulus money, or you already have too much money. Because what do you what do you what are you buying? You're buying an artificially pro, artificially a, a product that's been given demand artificially to create value right so yes. that's it's very it's very odd it's, it's just a money-making scheme it's all like hey this is too it's like just i don't know i collect sports cards lupe doesn't by the way that guy's full of shit i don't know the difference <laughs> between flea or flare <laughs> but but like sports cards to me i have i i get them all for some other value like i buy cards now that i couldn't afford when i was 12 like i have like five 1996 uh, top spinous refractors berry bonds when I was a kid, that was like 500 bucks, couldn't afford it. On eBay, you know, eight years ago, I'm like, this is only $100? Fuck yeah, I'm going to buy three. You know? And and the funniest thing about that was they said there's only 50 of these, these gold refractors from 1986. Why do I have three of them? Right? It's all it's all bullshit. There's probably 500. It's it, it's just, you know, they, they put things out, there's serial numbers. You know, once serial numbers went on there, it's a little better to see if they were actually rare or not. You know, because there was a scandal from that that era of the baseball card, the '96 uh, top finest uh, refractors. But the fact that you are buying something digital that you can't touch, that it's a 
it's a highlight that like what what's the value like because this fake company new company made 25 deer and fox layups against the pelicans in december 19 like i don't understand I completely agree. At least with cards, you have like the physical aspect of it in your hand and you can get it signed or things like that. There's nothing you can do. You get it professionally graded. Don't get it signed. Don't well, keep okay. the card. <laughs> I would say that some with, <laughs> some with autographs so, are valuable. All right. I would say any card without any uh, scare, rare, you know, scarcity to it, then get it autographed. Then it's kind of cool. Like all yeah. my cards, like giants, like rookies, refractors, autographs. So that's all I usually collect. What's the most yeah. valuable card you think you have? Oh, well, I have the, the 93 SP Jeter that I looked up that was professionally great. Only an eight, and it's like eight hundred bucks right now. Oh, wow. And, That's a good amount of money. I mean, I mean honestly, I, I, mean, I, have, I probably have like $25,000, $30,000 in cards still. Do you really? I, I, yeah, they're like my garage. So some of them come around my Barry Bonds collection. <laughs> That's awesome. I the uh, Kenny and I talked last time. The cards I had, I have no idea where they are right now. They might be buried in a storage unit somewhere, but I don't think they have any actual monetary value outside of uh, nostalgic value. The the problem with, with the era we grew up in, like that was, and you know the story of like the '89 Griffey upper deck. Pardon like me. Main, did you know like the, the the story with the '89 Griffey upper deck? Like I've the, heard like, this the story, but remind me. So. Wait, so it was Upper Deck's first year, right? And this card, it's, like, it's an iconic card. It's the first card in the set, first card of their, their company. And the value just shoots through the roof. And, you know, it's worth like, you know, 75, 80 bucks. So what Upper Deck did, supposedly, they're from Southern California. They, instead of just print, having to print around the over, and like, this is it, we're not going to make any more. They realized that these cards are worth so much. They started printing off sheets and sheets and sheets of this card and selling them directly to, like, you know, sports card shops. And so what happened is, like, now there's, hundreds of thousands of these cards, right? So they're not really valuable, but they created, but no one really knew what the, the production run was. So the upper deck was super shady, just took full advantage and basically printed their own $75 bills. So upper deck took an upper deck in the baseball card yes, community. In, in the market, yeah. And, and that's kind of the problem with all those late 80s uh, cards. So in the 80s, when late 80s, early 90s, when like all the cards from the 50s started becoming valuable, like, oh, cool, sports cards are an you know, investment. But the thing is, Nobody cared about them in the 50s and 60s. They put them on bike tires, bike spokes, and they got ruined. So the scarcity was already there. Like they produced tons, but they just became more and more rare because you couldn't find them anymore. They're in attics and get thrown away. So then the 80s, everyone just bought the Bo Jacksons and the Jose Canseco's and held on for dear life. Well, like car- the cardboard's worth something, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> starts a great fire. I feel like this top shot thing is going to be more a lot like the, the beanie baby craze, where I think the bubble's just going to burst. Um, I don't see this having the the lifetime that baseball cards and things have had again, because of the physical, like going to a ballpark, pulling a baseball card out um, and being like, Oh my God, that's Alex Rodriguez. I have this card right here. And that being awesome. I can't imagine someone saying, Hey, Neil, check out my digital highlight collection. Right. Shut up. I'm watching the game. It's like, you know, say nerd alert, but you're fucking dweeb. (laughs) That's a whole nother cat level. (laughs) Um, well, all right, let's, let's move on to our first topic. Uh, our first topic is actually very prevalent, but kind of a scary and almost a deja vu. Yesterday, Tiger Woods was in a pretty severe car crash, um, very reminiscent of the Kobe Bryant crash of just a little over a year ago. And I think a lot of us kind of took a step breath and um, held on for dear life there. Two things that we've learned today. First of all, he's alive. 
which is good. And the second thing, which is, I hate to say, but important, it was not a DUI. And I am very happy to hear that he's doing okay. Uh, Kenny, you want to give us an update on that? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, obviously, you know, the, it, I, I, it's, it's great that it wasn't a DUI, but I feel like that's kind of taken over part of the narrative when, when you know, in any other situation, we would be just happy that he's alive, which ever, obviously everybody is, but that's kind of hijacked the, uh, that was everybody's first thought when, when that happened. And, um, you know, and at the end of the day, he's, he's still a person and he's still a, a father. And, you know, I think he would, he would say that that's the most important aspect of his life, but, um, but yeah, sounds like he's, uh, he's doing okay. He's in stable condition now had, uh, uh, tib fib, uh, compound fracture in one leg and then shattered the ankle in another one um sounds like there was a rod or two that was put into his leg to uh support um you know i think it's it's kind of interesting there's a parallel with uh ben hogan and uh you know ben hogan was a nine-time major winner and uh i guess in 1949 got in a car accident um where there's, he should have probably died. Uh, he like just narrowly got out of the way of the steering column in his car that entered through the driver's seat. Um, somehow it missed him. Um, but uh, that happened in 1949. And four years later, Ben Hogan won three out of four majors in the 1953 uh, PGA season. Um, so I, I wouldn't, you know, obviously there's a, it's going to be a long road for Tiger to recover, but I, I sure as hell, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, count him out, out. Count him <laughs> out winning, winning again. That's for sure. How, how old was uh, Ben Hogan then? When that happened? I think he was 36 yeah. when that happened. So, it, so um, he was actually pretty, he was pretty old then. Yeah, a few, few years younger than, than uh, Tiger currently. About, about 10 years on, right? Yeah. Now, have yeah, either so of you guys yeah, had, oh, sorry, Kenny, go ahead. Oh, I'll just say he was a uh, when he when he went on that three out of four run in 1953. He was 40 years old, so um, that's, that's a old man back then playing professional yeah. sports. That's really yeah, old. for sure. Now, have either of you had an injury similar to this? What he's what Tiger's going through right now? I've had I have. wires. I've had wires in my arm. That sucks. How did that happen? Just it's just a baseball injury, but you know what? So I was what I'm worried about Tiger Woods is uh, the surgeries after the initial surgery to stabilize his leg. You know, Alex Smith had 17 surgeries, right? And he got an infection, which that's what I got. I had, I had a really bad bone infection when I was 20 in college, and so I had one sur surgery, the initial one, to try to fix the break in the elbow, and then ended up having four subsequent surgeries after that because of the bone infection. It was so bad, um, and one surgery where it's like trying to fix the bone and it's supposed to be an hour of surgery and it's like it'd be like eight hours and so woke up in the middle of the surgery my arms flayed out and look over i'm like holy fuck you know and then i was like doc how's it look he's like no you're not gonna remember this I'm like i'm pretty sure i'm gonna fucking remember that i just woke up in the middle of the surgery i see my arm flayed out and he's like he's like well he's like i touched the bone and it just caved in and i was like okay can i go back to sleep <laughs> And like it was like that was no, no I'd be like a cadaver bone later, but it had complications from the the antibiotics from my from the infection, which essentially ruined my or ended my 
my uh, my competitive baseball career. That that was the permanent move over to intramural softball. No, actually, it was the permanent move to play poker. <laughs> so oh, there you go. Actually, <laughs> it actually worked into a, a pretty good uh, career transition. You know, Kenny and I pretty much we ran the Napa Valley College uh, poker scene in two thousand five. <laughs> I'm we're, sure there were some fun taking, games there. We're even oh, taking rake. We're even oh, taking rake. No, and, so, and, uh, oh, we used to we used to run some games. I guess, oh, I guess some, Kenny and Kenny makes a good point about taking rake because we decided, oh, we're going to do a cash game. You know, twenty five fifty cent cash game. And I was we're dealing because Kenny and I were you know we, we I think we played the most on the team, so we, were, we used to play pretty much every day. So we were dealing, and they're you know they're playing, and we we're taking a quarter of cents every pot. And after an hour, like we had like all the money and the players had nothing. <laughs> I'm like, Man, cool. this, is a, this is a pretty fucking good business strategy. I think this, this works. So the players were upset. So we had to buy pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey guys, no, no sweat. Do, do, do you know Josh Hallett? Neil? Oh God, that name rings a he, bell. He, 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 went, he, went, he, was a, he was a year older than us in high school. Uh, he was 03. Um, so, baseball player, so, he played football too. He was a left, left-handed lefty. Yeah, so, switch hitter, right? So he switch hit. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, he was just left. No, he no, he switched hit when he was because he because he, he he quit your first year, uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. I don't think no, so. But he, I think so. Whatever. So he, the best part about him, he was, so he played for the year, and then the second year he came back. It was Kenny's first year, and he quit the team, and he was just being a little bitch, you know, and, and he was actually a pretty good player. So he worked to work for Mary's Pizza Check. And okay. so we were having our poker poker game on a Thursday night. This is one of our better stories. Yeah. And we know we know he's working. So we order pizza for the entire team. So he shows up, you know, feeling pretty good. Hey guys, what's going on? You know, it's gonna be about uh, 60 bucks for the pizzas. And we're like, well, we got about 20 players, the buy-in's like 10. So you know, we got like 200 bucks. You're welcome to play. And if you win, you can pay for the pizzas. <laughs> we're not paying for the pizzas. So he came in, obviously he didn't win. So he'd eat 60 bucks and probably got fired for being gone for an hour and a half of work. Serves him right for being a quitter. Damn. Now it's funny. <laughs> so I cannot picture, but I absolutely, the name absolutely rings a bell. Kenny, who was the guy, who was the pitcher who took the fastball off the head? You're older than us. Was that him? Explain why it's so dumb. Um, no. Uh, no. That was uh, Ben that was a- something or other. Uh yeah, oh that's right, yeah. And he was a dead lobby. Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 Took a took a line drive off the off the forehead. I do remember that, but no, I, I can't. It's funny. I know the name Josh Talent, and I cannot. I can't get a picture in my head. I think he's like, like, he's like, I think he's like a softball guy. Now. He's like big softball. Uh, I think he's a softball umpire. I think he's like a, he like oh. like the Napa softball umpire no. crew. You know, so AJ Panago told me a story when he was, he was playing the like rec softball league, like beer softball league, and yeah. Josh was the umpire out there. Mm-hmm. AJ says he hasn't touched a glove for, you know, a few years. Misses the pop-up. AJ's a really good college baseball player. And yeah. Josh's like, man, you're embarrassing me. We used to be teammates. He's like, fuck out of here. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, trying try to get a beer. <laughs> that sounds like some fun days at the old Napa Valley College. Yeah. Our our apartment was pretty fun. I think I think uh, I was responsible for Kenny breaking up with his girlfriend. I think it was a bad influence. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, he, she she blamed you. That's for sure. 
That worked out better for you. Yeah. <laughs> which, one, which one? Which one was that? Uh, Ari. Oh, okay. Now, wait. When did where? When and where was your apartment in Napa? I didn't know about this. It was. It was right off the river. Right. It was right. It was right behind. It was a it was over my uh, yeah, right behind Fazerati's. The Fazerati's. Yeah, uh, we we to walk. We, that. Oh, okay. Like, back yeah, back in like six, back like yeah. in sixth grade, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fazerati's Fazerati's is cool because we were you know be twenty one and we got to know the people who work there and they just let us come in when they close and they just give us pizza and give us beers like this is this is cool. Is oh, I have fond, cool. fond memories of Fazerati pizza. Yeah, then, then stumble back home. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know about that. I, I, I was gone at that point in time. That's a fun, that would have been a fun time. Um, so, Sean, looking at the shirt you're wearing, you are a, uh, looks like you're a diehard Warriors fan. Uh, let's see. I'm a diehard Giants fan and a big boxing fan. Uh, basketball is, let's see, after boxing, baseball, football. It's right about, it's right about there next, next to hockey. But okay. I think I watch I watch more basketball now than hockey. I think having having all the kids and work makes it hard to follow everything. Life have, does get in the way. Yeah, but I've been a, been a Warriors fan uh, my entire life since Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond. I know Lupe tries to claim him, but he was a Warrior first, and Tim Hardaway. And you know, I got to watch the Warriors were always so bad that yep. we always had friends who had seats like we did have seats right be like about seven rows behind the visiting bench for probably five or six years. I think Kenny went to to a few games with me where. Yeah, yeah, my first, awesome. my my first, uh, first two Warriors games I ever went to. My first two professional basketball games were like fifth row behind bench uh, with Sean. Yeah, and we 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 go. We, we basically just pick the games that other players want to see. So you'd see Shaq and Kobe, see Young LeBron. It was it was awesome. Like the like the 0405 uh, Suns were incredibly fun to watch with Steve Nash, mm-hmm. and so it was it was a good time. Just we followed the league really closely, and then as the Warriors got better. Like our tickets got worse and worse. Like up to uh, the We Believe year, we had tickets right there. And that year, I worked for the Warriors. I was was an intern going to San Jose State, and that was pretty interesting because you got to see professional sports kind of close up, and it's it's a lot more fun just to be a fan. And, but the cool thing was like during the uh, the regular season, I had, to, I had to track advertising, like in-game advertising on the Jumbo Trons, like oh, Cash Creeks on the big screen for forty-five seconds, log it send report so i'd sit kind of in the, in the press area which during the regular seasons are pretty good they're really good seats so you sit next to damon bruce still radio host and they would watch the game so it was pretty sweet i watched the game like all right that advertisement that advertisement check it off check it off just watch the game so that was that was actually pretty fun they enjoyed watching it um then during the playoffs they didn't care about that anymore because they're putting everybody in the press box that's you know at, at oracle is like eight thousand feet high <laughs> but, but so I, was, I had to be in i was in charge of promotional distribution so we gave out the we believe shirts and you know, okay. we'll put out the, we'll put like the cheer cards on the seats, but that was fun because I was I get there to the games at six. I get there like at three. We do the cheer cards. We set up the distribution. They hand out the the, the t shirts and be done by like six minutes in the first quarter. So everybody would you, most people would just leave. They go home. I'm like, I'm watching. I'm staying for the game. It's playoffs. Right. Played the Mavericks, right? So, but I realized like the t shirts are hot commodities. They they're quickly selling eBay for like fifty bucks, sixty bucks. So I grabbed three stuff in my in my uh, my little cargo sh- cargo pants or whatever I was wearing khakis, and I walked down to the Smirnoff Club because I had my credential. I can go anywhere but the locker room, and really, you probably could walk in the locker room because no one no one checked shit. It was it was free for all. It was a shit show. 
So we go down to the Smirnoff Club, get the bartender, throw him like a couple of shirts. He pours you like three or four drinks. You hang out in the Smirnoff Club, you know, and you're just kind of relaxing. And then you see which which rich guy brought a girl doesn't want to watch the game. They want to hang out in the bar. And you go sit in their seats like close to Fort And that's so you watch all the playoffs for that year. <laughs> so Brilliant. Was, was, I love it. it was, I got, to, I got to see the uh, Baron Davis dunk on Karolinko. Did you really? Just like 10, 10 rows back, yeah, on the same side. It was awesome. Oh, that's that's well, one of the fondest dunk memories I have. Okay, this is going to sound dumb. I would buy not, a top I, shot I of that I Baron say, Davis. I, I would still not buy the top <laughs> shot because it's stupid and small. I'll also watch it on YouTube. Oh, so, I, so I only worked there for one year, which was uh, I interviewed for like a pay position. I think it was, I think it was Comcast Sportsnet at that time the next year and the guy I was interviewing with I mean the job would have been pretty easy but he's like why do you want to work for a basketball team I was like well I, I don't I really want to work for a baseball team like, <laughs> so I learned very quickly uh well I learned two things from that one I think I was the best candidate for that job and they passed on me because they wanted someone to think would be there long term now that I hire people a lot more frequently I don't really care how long someone's going to be there as long as I think they're going to be an improvement to the, the business, right? So I'll give you a quick example where I had, before COVID in February, I hired this kid for a marketing coordinator for digital marketing. And this guy did crazy campaigns with James Harden. Like, we were paying him like nothing, like 40000 a year. And uh, <laughs> my boss is like, hey, this guy's fine, but he didn't be here very long. I'm like, yeah, I know, but he's going to kick ass when he's here. And like he'll set the standard for the next person that comes in. They'll see... What our, what our digital looks like, and they have something to live up to. Except, except, you know, I don't want to hire someone who's going to be a, a six, let's hire a nine, and if we get a year out of them, that's fantastic. So COVID, we get shut down, we have to furlough this kid. But the kid put his, his, his notice in a week after he started because he got hired by Red Bull. I'm like, oh, yes, that's, like, that's, that's the people, that's who I want to hire, people like that. People, you know, who don't want to be at my place, they want to aspire to something better. So basically, didn't get hired by the Warriors because I basically don't want to be at work for the Giants. <laughs> you were just trying to get closer to the A stadium. Well, what, what I mean, the one that's never going to get built on Howard Terminal or? Uh, I hope it gets built. I haven't seen it break the, ground yet. God, you mean, you mean, the, stadium. You mean the, the Portland Athletics? Hey, easy now. <laughs> it's, you know, if, if they have to go somewhere, that's at least that's more palatable. Except in Portland, the whole rain thing. I mean, they could build a retractable roof. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be funny if they ended up, I thought it would be funny if the A's ended up in Vegas with the Raiders. That would be. Oh, that would hurt. Sharing Allegiant Stadium. Double whammy. (laughs) Yeah, turn turn Allegiant Allegiant into a baseball stadium. It'd be horrible. It's like, oh, God. That'd That'd be pretty on brand for the A's right now. And the Raiders. Yeah, like oh, you get extra money over here. Actually, the Raiders don't need the benefit because Nevada owns owns the stadium. I actually don't know about that. Yeah, the Raiders—they're super poor. So they don't actually own anything. Well, I should say, Mark Davis is NFL owner poor. He's extremely well. Mark Davis doesn't even have a goddamn barber. He uses a bowl cut still. Have you seen that thing on his head? Uh, his hair. You know what? I think at this point he's just trolling all of us. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know what? People make fun of my look. This is my look. I don't care. Yeah, works for them. Anyway, back to the Warriors. So, Sean, where are you from? Where did you go to high school? Uh, Piner High School in Santa Rosa. So oh, okay. north, of, north of the Bay Area, about about an hour. Oh, I consider Santa Rosa part of the Bay Area. If well, San Jose is a part of San, San Francisco, I always use – San Francisco is always like the barometer, right? So we're an hour, hour north of San Francisco. 
True. Yeah. So grew up going to Warriors games. What, um, how do you, how are you liking the team this year? How are, how are the new additions doing to you? So this year is interesting because the run up is always more fun than the sustained success. Right. So like the first year, like when they, when they started getting in the playoffs, it's like, okay, with Mark Jackson, when they, I know when they got rid of Mark Jackson, like he's getting get rid of a Warriors coach 50, won 50 games. You 51 better, win you better, team. Yeah. yeah you, you better be really good to replace it. So when Kerr came, uh, I lost my headphones. When Kerr came, I was like, I was kind of concerned that, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't work out as well. But obviously his offense definitely unlocked everything and made it really fun. And so obviously, so that run up was, the, I think, the most enjoyable. And I think that the first year they were, they were um, going, like, making their, their run, I think Kenny and I were in, uh, we were in Hawaii and, like that was just fun to watch the games. We actually made it, it was appointment television for us to go and watch, watch the games while we were on vacation. And that was incredibly enjoyable. I remember when, when the Sixers, uh, the Sixers, the Clippers blew the huge lead against the Rock, the Rockets. We're like, wow, this, this, uh, thanks. Thanks Clippers. Cause I was more worried about them than the Rockets. And, you know, that was, that was the most enjoyable. And then losing the second year when they won 70 games, that kind of sucked because, you know, it feels like it feels like you know the Patriots. You know the 07 Patriots. That's pretty much what it felt like. And people don't remember losers; you know, remember the winners. But I would say thank you to Harrison Barnes for sucking because he got us two championships with Kevin Durant, and I'm totally okay with that. But then after you know those years, it was kind of just it was it was fun, but it felt like you expected them to win, and that's kind of it's kind of tough. So they def- year, they've definitely gone from the good guys to the bad guys. I definitely have noticed that where it's like everyone was rooting for the Warriors. Not everyone roots against the Warriors. Exactly. So now it's kind of reversing again, right? So last year they sucked. And it, you know, it was like, hey, this is the perfect year not to be good. Oh, Seth 100%. Gets, Seth gets hurt game two, <laughs> plays out for the year. Like, all right, cool, reset. You get James Wiseman, which he looks I mean, he looked good the last two days. Um, but – I think last year trading trading Wiggins for uh, oh I don't he, you can't call him D'Angelo because I don't think he has any D in his game just <laughs> Angelo Russell like he was such a useless player for that team like he needs the ball in his hands can't play off the ball he just he's like I think the Warriors just fleece Minnesota with Wiggins and a pick feels like a complete steal. Oh, I completely agree. I'm I'm glad as much as Russell sucked, it was at least an asset for KD leaving. So I at least would, appreciate him in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no, I don't think Bob Myers had any intention of keeping Angela Russell. Oh God, no. So uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. Right, the first like you know month and a half, the dude is one of the worst basketball oh players on the planet. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Well, I can. I wrote down his numbers for December. Twenty-six minutes a game, seven point eight points, seven rebounds, point eight assists, but. On 26% shooting, 4.8% on, on threes. So he's pretty much Kevin Jones in YMCA basketball when we were 12. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Kevin Jones in our, in our league, I don't, I'm sure, I don't think he knows how to turn on a podcast, so you're probably never going to hear this. That's okay. <laughs> but Uber, like, after being like the worst possible player in NBA history, like had a, you know, January, 13 points, five rebounds. And the reason he had less rebounds is he had less putbacks of himself. Pretty sure that's all it was. <laughs> he loves a putback. <laughs> His own putbacks, right? And one point four assists, but he's at forty percent shooting, twenty-seven half percent on threes. So he still sucked, but he wasn't as shitty. Now he's just a bad backup player. In February, coming into tonight, because 
I didn't get to watch one second game. I checked the box score, but 34 minutes a game, averaging 20, 20 points, 6.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists on 48% field goals and 44.6 on three pointers. That's, that's a very valuable, useful player that is, you know, it's like, okay, as a third option, you're really good, but is he really that good? Fuck no. He's not, <laughs> basically his line now is basically the career line where he's, you know, he's at 15 points a game, six rebounds, one half assists, 42% shooting 32% to three. So that's pretty much who he is. And if he is, if he, if he is a streaky player, those are the players that I hate the most. Like you can't rely on them. It give me steady Eddie, you know, and that's one thing I like about Wiggins, right? Wiggins seems to be not a superstar, but as a second and third option, he's very, very steady. You know, it's, it's funny you bring up Wiggins too. The, the one thing I've noticed in the past, it's been about month and a half, little under two months with both Wiggins and Ubre, and this is going to sound weird. They're smiling more. I think they're both a lot happier. It took them a little while to adjust to the Warriors. You know, coming in, Warriors have extremely high expectations. It is title or bust. Not this year without Clay, but I think they're finally having an opportunity to just play basketball again for the first time in about five, six years for each of them. Do so you, they're both about think, 24, 25 years old. Do you think that uh, Steph, I mean, Seth Curry at this point, like, these guys didn't play with them. Like, Wiggins didn't play with them last year. Played one no, game not at all. So there has to be intimidation factor of playing with Steph and wanting to live up to his expectations. Because, you know, when Ubre was first playing, he was playing a million miles a minute, his head's down, running to people and taking like, stupid charges. I mean, I'm sorry, stupid, stupid offensive, offensive fouls. Uh, he's, I think that's part of it. I think they have to be comfortable. I mean, the one thing I would say, I want to, I want to, make George a little upset is comparing Andrew Wiggins to Harrison Barnes. And like, I think that Wiggins is going to be better than Barnes. Like one thing that I think held Harrison Barnes back when he was younger was that he was too damn like smart and too intellectual. Because one thing I think that all athletes can't do is think when you're before you act, right? You have to, you have to know what you have to do and just instinctually do it. And this, I don't, you know, I'm never, never been a great basketball player, but like playing baseball when you're hitting or playing defense, you know what to expect. But if you're thinking about anything else besides actually just reacting to what's coming to you or knowing about the situation, like you're going to be complete dog shit. And watching Harrison Barnes in bigger situations younger, I felt like he was thinking about either positioning or fundamentals when he's shooting. And I think Wiggins, I think he's, I think his mind is clear when he's playing, like when he's shooting the basketball. I don't think he's actually really thinking about anything else besides trying to score because he's always been kind of a scorer. And I think that that will help him hit bigger shots as the, if the Warriors get better and get in the playoffs this year or next year, where I think Barnes, maybe now, maybe he's learned to let it go and not be so uh, hard on himself. But I agree with basically everything you're saying. And on the Wiggins point, Wiggins, when he was in, you know, it comes in automatically. You have the number one, you're the number one draft pick that comes with a shit ton of pressure. But also when he was in Minnesota, he took on the number one dog every time. The number one mm -hmm. defender was going to lock him every time. Dude, you might be the number three in this offense. And, I mean, he definitely will be once Clay comes back. They, but they that's just such – Absolutely. They, but they, that, just, yeah. that puts such a worse defender on him. And he is a good slasher. He is a good athlete. Mm -hmm. He has like a seven-foot-two wingspan. Suddenly these matchups are going to be in his favor and he's not going to have the expectation of being a clay or a Steph on him. I, th I can't wait for next year when clay comes back. I think he explodes and Ubre to your point earlier, I think he's just good enough that he's going to demand a contract that is absolutely ridiculous for his stat line. 
can we trade him for a uh, ball handler so Seth can get off the ball more often for a secondary point guard? Because like as as much as I hate Lonzo Ball, I would oh, take that, okay. the ball you over took the Greg. word. Yeah. That's exactly where I was in my head right now was Lonzo Ball. But I don't know Sean, if Oubre... Are you trolling Deshaun? Uh, actually, no. I So I was thinking about it. Deshaun's got a good point about LaMelo playing with Steph because they would be awesome together. Because Instantaneously, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's like, you know, if you got Alonzo, if you had Alonzo Ball and James Wiseman instead of Oubre and Wiseman, are you better than having uh, not having Wiseman and having LaMelo Ball? Right, I think those three. I think the combination. You know, you're, you're trying to figure out what's a better combo, right? If you if you can get Lon, if you can get uh, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Wiseman Curry together, is that better than just Lamelo and and Curry? One hundred percent. Yeah. So I think I think that's where you, you need they need deeper deeper rotation. Lamelo's not going to be able to take over a game in three years the way I think Wiseman will. Yeah, he's, and, and uh, Wiseman is going to uh, help Steph age. Oh, of course, you need yeah. someone big to dump that guy. I mean, Seth's going to age beautifully. I think that's where you oh, want. Absolutely, that's why you want another a really good ball handler so Seth can play off the ball, not to worry about everything as much. Because <laughs> he's, I mean, he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's going to age like a fine wine. Yeah, your shot does not go away, and we're seeing that this year with KD. Even after coming back from the Achilles injury, he's fine, which also makes me really happy for Clay. For Clay, yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. even look at like old old man Ray Allen, right? He was Absolutely. With the Heat, like still playing 25 minutes a game, he's 40. He's stud. Ray Allen could still get 12 points today. He can't because he'd give up 40 if he was playing. Well, I didn't, the I didn't say his plus minus would be good, but it'll get you 12. <laughs> yeah. You, you could definitely probably score 12 points a game. Still. Now, so we, we've talked to us. Now, I would love for Uber to stick around if he's willing to take a sixth man deal. I just don't think he will. But, I mean, coming out of the purgatory that was Phoenix, he might just enjoy being a part of a good franchise right now. I, Same thing I, with Marquise Chris. I do like Oubre's, like, grit. And he, he got a lot, of, a lot of dog in him. And I like his tenacity and he plays hard. Like, there's never question on his effort, ever. Like, it, that's something that, yeah, which that's probably his most enduring trait. It, you know, him, maybe Draymond like, helps him out a little bit on that. But Draymond's been a pretty shitty leader in the last few weeks. Draymond has been because I, I I am a staunch, staunch yeah. Draymond defender, but he's making it really fucking hard right now, man. Um, yeah, he's he's one of my favorite players. He's he's been done some stupid shit. Like so, so okay. Let's start with this. What what Sean? What what are you, what are your thoughts on Draymond right now? Let it fly. I think I think he's played great the last two games. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think that he's he's essentially he's blown one game for sure by being an idiot and overreacting. That's not a down Saturday. I didn't, get, I didn't get to watch any of the game. I was in a Running Springs little mountain town about twenty miles from Big Bear, so I just followed it and I was like, "Holy cow, what's going on?" So that game, and then also uh, the one in San Antonio when he was not aware enough to know that Popovich does not foul those situations. So just get the ball to Steph, even though in, even if you got fouled and he's shooting the three. He can make the three free throws. <laughs> so there's yeah. really no point for what he did. Um, so one thing that I heard on the radio today, which I thought was really good point, I actually listened to live radio, which is pretty rare. But like Draymond's always had like a veteran presence that's kind of kept him in check. And now he is the veteran presence. So who is there that will keep him in check? Like Steph's like Steph's not going to check him like that. Like Draymond's Steph's bodyguard to go out. <laughs> like that's not Steph's role with Draymond, but he, he should be. But an interesting point. Now, the, the San Antonio, 
to me, that was on I mean, I'm not putting this on Kerr, but that was more of a, a game plan breakdown, whereas Charlotte was just completely unacceptable. Like, no, dude, you just can't do that. You know what I mean? Like the San Antonio one was like, uh, you know, it's one of 72. All right, Draymond made a mistake. Move on. The Charlotte one was a bad thing. The interesting thing, I think it was Marcus Thompson that brought us brought this up, who's a writer for the Athletic. Athletic, everyone should everyone should subscribe. By the way, Athletic is awesome. Uh, best best website yeah, for best, stuff. It's where I get all best, my information. Best best five bucks a month you'll ever spend. Hundred percent. But he said Draymond's worst games are when Steph, and I mean this in an emotional sense, are when Steph is not on the floor. Steph holds him to a higher level, and and I and I I look at that as being a good teammate, and him wanting to live up to Steph's calm, cool demeanor as well. So Steph gives him the bitch please look that your wife would give you, pretty much, and, and you get back in line. Yep, right. makes yep. sense. Yep, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know that. Come on, come on. Or yeah. that's that's one too many, Sean. You should not keep drinking. But I'm like, come on, <laughs> that, that's, that's more like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but but I will say this: I will never. I don't want Draymond to ever stop being Draymond. And seeing the effect that he's having with Pascal, the effect that he's having with Wiseman, I think he is maturing. And I think Charlotte, in the long run, will ultimately be a good thing for them. Um, I don't have title expectations for them this year. I think any true Warriors fan will admit that. Do I want them to do well? Absolutely, within reason. But today, this year is not a title year. But I think the next three years after this are wide open. If there's ever a year to tank, this is the year. If you can get make it below Minnesota, that's never gonna happen. Steph's playing, but get below Minnesota, get the top two pick. Minnesota falls to number four. Instant champs. Oh, I'm a big, I, I'm a <laughs> semi big Minnesota fan just because I need them to get to that they, number four. They need, pick. they just need to get some bad luck and get the four pick. I don't care. Four, four through six, you know. Perfect. And yeah, we, we great trade. Thanks, thanks, Angelo. Add in two pieces to this team with another year on Wiseman. And also, we need to have Wiseman eating anything at all times just to put more weight on those bones. That guy is a beanpole, but he's going to be awesome. Is, is he, let's see, wait, is he weighing 220? On a good That's day seven. with a jersey and shocks. That's yeah. Seven feet. That's, he, needs to, he needs to get to 260. He needs to get to Kenny weight? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you're giving me giving me a lot of credit there, pal. Appreciate I was. I'm giving giving you Peloton credit. <laughs> Do you have a Peloton, Kenny? Yeah. Oh, I am so Somewhere. jealous. No. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Pretty legit. Uh, pretty legit setup. Um. Yeah. I, enjoy I have. It. I, I have a poor I, man's I wish, version. I wish I would have. You know, the funny the funny joke is rather than spending two thousand dollars on a Peloton back in March, I wish I would have bought thousand dollars in peloton stock because it'd be worth about 15 grand right now <laughs> so, but you neil, can have that layup from 09 neil we we had these <laughs> we we got a peloton this year also so the way we get it i, I didn't even know what you cost so it was father's day wife's feeding me delicious cocktails and it's getting a little late and you know maybe i'm a little toasty she goes hey do you, do you can I, want to get a peloton i'm like yeah, sure. Do whatever you want. He played you like a fiddle, sir. Peloton arrives four weeks later, but she's using it. She likes it. You know, I, I didn't ask her how much it costs. Didn't ask her what it costs per month. Please don't tell me. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Am I right, gentlemen? Uh, yes, yes. I, I, I poured her a quarter glass of wine. She's doing, she's doing laundry. She's doing God's work right now. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I, I will always keep, I always keep wine in the house as a just in case. It's a smart thing to do. 
Uh, my wine fridge is right here. It's nice and full. Very smart. What, what is her wine of choice? Uh, she usually likes tabs or zins, so you okay. have a good selection. I tell it, you know, the, the top two shelves don't touch. You know, not touch <laughs> it on a Wednesday. Everything else is pretty much fair game. Good stuff. Good stuff. So speaking, so Steph, uh, Steph is having a hell of a year right now. Back, back, back to our Warriors talk real quick. Um, I just don't know if he's quite in the MVP conversation just because the Warriors are down sitting at that 500 with an eight seed. But Kenny, how do you, uh, how, how do you see the MVP race stacking up this year? Um, I'm, I'm pretty chalk when it comes to the MVP so far this year. Um, I think there's like three guys that are kind of in rotation. I don't know who is ahead of who or what. Um, but three guys for me right now are uh, Joel Embiid. Let's Nicole go top Yoke. three, Kenny. Let, let, let's, huh? let's go through top three, but we all got. Okay. I thought that's what I was doing. Oh, no, no. You, you say your first one. We'll go all the way through. Oh, uh, okay. okay. We'll, we'll go one, 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 two, 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 three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know who my one is currently, but. Um, Probably well, wait, go let, let's, let's go with the caveat that we understand that there's a whole another second and a half of the season, but if the season ended today, we'll go, we'll go with that route. Um, I'd probably go LeBron uh, right now uh, with my number one. Um, it's pretty, I mean, it, it, it's pretty amazing kind of going into the season. Um, everybody thought that he was going to take, you know, games off he was gonna have his rest days stuff like that he's played every game uh so far this year 26 8 and 8 um and insane. it's insane obviously um not having anthony davis is uh hurting them but what lebron but the output that lebron uh is going out there every night is uh it's pretty incredible especially for well, how old is he 36 yeah um it's pretty incredible I agree. Sean, how about you? I I think the I think LeBron is the second best player of all time after MJ. You guys had that debate two weeks ago, which is with Scott. That was great. Uh, I have to think that Kenny's wrong though. Definitely wrong. Number one on my list is is Steph Curry. Because without Steph Curry, this is a competing with Minnesota for the worst record in the league. Terrible and team. They they're complete dog shit with that. <laughs> and he He's, he's like 29, like six and six. Like he's, he's, he's actually a really good rebounder for being, you know, he's six, three He's also a lot stronger than he's been, but he has a knack for finding the ball. And the fact that he still gets six assists a game and he's double, triple teamed and he still scores 30 points a game when the entire defensive uh, strategy is to stop him is pretty incredible. I mean, I made no secret about it. He's my favorite player of all time. For me, he's like the Barry Bonds of basketball. When he's playing, I want to watch when he's not playing. I think, wow, this is not as fun. Like the the 2008 season for the Giants was really cool because you got Tim Lincecum, you know, winning Cy Young, Pablo Sandoval came up. But besides, besides that, it took me like a good like two months to get into the season. Like no bonds for so long. It's like it's not it's just not as entertaining. And Seth Curry to me is the most entertaining player I've ever watched, and he's my number one pick for MVP. I completely agree, and 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 I agree with what you're saying. Whereas, you know, if you take LeBron off the Lakers with Anthony Davis, that's still a good team. You take Steph off this team, this yeah, this is a terrible, terrible lineup. Um, he is having an insane year. I wish there was like a hockey assist stat for Steph. 
like the pass before the pass. He takes so many double teams, checks it down to Draymond. Draymond makes one pass, and Ubre or Bazemore, which Bazemore has been having a great year. Love that guy. He's, he's been good. Um, the, it's amazing how how many he's two passes away from a basket just because of the attention that he draws at six foot three. That's insane in basketball. I absolutely it, love that. It's funny you say about the hockey assist because I've heard that a ton lately. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be on the stat sheet. And maybe even a top shot uh, memory. Hey, there we go. The, the hockey assist from Steph. Yeah, <laughs> going for, going for $300,000. <laughs> uh, so stupid. Uh, <laughs> I agree. But Kenny, you got, any, you got anyone else in your MVP conversation? No, no, who's yours, Neil? Who's your number oh, one? Oh, I'm sorry. My yeah. number one right now, I'm going to have to agree with, agree with Kenny. What LeBron is doing in his – what is this, his 17th season? No, it's 19th. 19th? No, he's 36. Started playing at 18. Actually, I don't, I don't know. 03. 03. Yeah, this is 19. Yeah. Right. Holy cow, yeah, 19. Wow. All right, well, uh, and, and it just proves my point more. Yeah. Like, just what he's doing at this age, and, and, and back to what Kenny said, what's impressed me the most is that he's been willing to play every, or had to play every game. Um, he has every reason to be playing every third day right now, and he's not. Granted, they're not doing very well right now, and I think that's a big concern because this roster is not the same roster he had a couple years ago before Anthony Davis when they had, like, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. I think they're in a bit of trouble right now. But what he's doing at 26-8-8 eight eight is just insane. He's one of only three players to do it, along with Jokic and Luka, who are, what, 24 and 20? You know what I mean? They're much, much, much younger. It's just impressive. I mean, I, I tip my hat to him. I'm, I enjoy beating him, but the guy's awesome. I can't deny that. I give, I give one anecdote for LeBron since he's been in the Lakers. So we have a, one of our players at the casino is the head of security for the Lakers. And oh. he, he says LeBron is top, top guy. You know, the, the, the media, I'm not going to say has been wanting, but has been waiting for him to screw up for 19 years. And he's given them nothing. And I absolutely applaud him for that. He's raised a great family. He's set a great example. I got nothing bad to say about LeBron. I mean, like I said, I enjoy beating him, but I also enjoy beating him because I know you have to beat the best to be the best. So, I, I, I mean, he went to the finals for not eight, eight, nine straight years. That's nine nine out of ten. Yeah, nine out of ten. That's, what it is. that's <laughs> insane. I mean, How that, many of those did he win? Four. He still what? went there and put the wear and tear <laughs> on his body is what I'm trying to say here. Hey, I put Jim eight, Kelly eight. in my oh, top quarterbacks of all great time point, conversations. Neil. Get the fuck out of here, Neil. You're high. Well, well A, maybe. <laughs> B, what do you mean? He went to four straight Super Bowls. I tip my hat to that. Loser. You're talking about Jim Kelly? Absolutely. He's like, you're full of shit. You're, just, you're trying to troll. You're just trolling. <laughs> Top All right. five? Wait, 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 top five. All right, you're an Aaron Rodgers fan. Aaron oh, Rodgers yes. is way better than Chip Kelly. Uh, Joe oh, Montana? Uh, yeah, he's number two. Tom Brady? One. John Elway? Four. Peyton Manning? Three. You're done. You're already out. You're done. Top what do you mean? Drew Brees? No, he's got one ring. Not, not good enough. Yeah, Brad only has one ring. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For George, where do you have Dan Marino uh, ranked? Oh, Dan Marino's a fucking bum, bro. Like, I'm sorry. He couldn't win the big game, and that goes all the way on the quarterback's head. I don't care. That is on the quarterback. 
You just you just nailed Jim Kelly. I agree, but he went to four straight. I'm not putting him. Yeah, in that's true. That's true. Four. That's just true. He went to four. I, all I know is I was upset when Montana got the concussion in the 1993 AFC Championship game, and I really wanted the uh, Niners and Chiefs to be in Super Bowl, and I would have rooted for Jim Montana. I'm surprised the NFL didn't make that happen, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, they didn't care about concussions back then. Yeah, but the they NFL care. loves they, money. They, oh, God, yeah, how true. high would that Super Bowl would have been insane? Young versus Montana yeah. would have been awesome. But actually, actually, that year it would, it would have been Cowboys. It would have been Cowboys that year. Yeah, Cowboys won it that year. It would have been Cowboys, uh, Bills. I mean, Cowboys, Chiefs. Okay, so okay. man, the, the I hate next, how the Super Bowl is in a different year than the season. That's so the, the, stupid. The, the next year, once the Cowboys beat in, in Vision, beat the Bills. Who the Cowboys Bills. beat in the Bills? No, in the NFC Championship game. Niners, probably. Yeah, I, I know there's a possibility oh, so that the Niners, if, if the Niners and the Chiefs both would have won, it would have been a Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Chiefs lost to the Bills. Yeah, and then, and then oh, no, San okay. Diego the next year. Yeah. Yeah. 4996 92 season is that what the 92 season no Montana played the 93 94 on the on the Chiefs so wait no 94 was the Niners Chargers I thought or was that or was that 94 season 94 season season. season. okay Okay, yeah like I said I always fuck that up damn Paul Uh, Tadley boo (laughs) now okay real quick on the MVP conversation though oh number two number two well, okay, I, I want to go first and foremost because I forgot to say this earlier. I am over the regular season MVP. I think that's stupid. The whole reason you play the season is to get to the playoffs. I think it should be included in your ballot no. for the MVP. No, Neil, the whole reason to play the regular season is to make money. Touche. <laughs> uh, you are correct on that. But I still, like, what, do you, what would you say? 80% of the time, 90% of the time, the – Regular season MVP is in the championship game of whatever they're playing anyway. In, I would I would say there are different sports where that happens where that happens now more in baseball than anything any other sport. Where I think football also have a great, crazy individual season, but I think basketball has gotten the same point where you have to be like, the best team. player, best player on the best team, which that shouldn't be what the MVP is about. Or Russell Westbrook, who just had he had the first triple double in like sixty years. At that point, you have to you have to do something historic or be on a top yeah. two team. And Russell Wilson does not make his team that much better; makes everyone else worse. He's like the greatest losing player of all time. I'm sorry, did I say Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook? Westbrook. Westbrook. Sorry, Wilson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Wilson. Yeah. He's, he's getting he's, he's channeling his uh, his Jabari Parker. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I won the I won the I won the league that year, Kenny. By drafting a basketball player in a, in a fantasy football draft. <laughs> we should have put him on your roster and made you burn a transaction. No, it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think the guy drafted really mattered at all, anyways. So okay, I'm sorry. So okay, so now that I said that, let's go through our number twos. Kenny, do you want to start? Yeah, I'm going Jokic. Dude's okay. having a crazy year. 27, 11, and 8. He's uh, fun to season. watch. It's pretty – he really is. He's like – I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know who you can compare him to. He's almost like – He's the first run. of his kind. Luka? A bigger Luka? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that that was my first thought. I mean, the offense runs through him. And, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you know, I, I just don't understand how, you know, like, 
Centers are dead, right? But uh, he's a seven footer who can who can handle the ball. Like, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's so we should, we should text Deshaun and see if he thinks that Joker is a uh, useless because he's a center. That's right, because centers are obsolete. <laughs> yeah. He'd he'd play he'd play thirteen minutes on if Deshaun was the coach. <laughs> Deshaun should go coach the Kings. He could fire like everybody else. Yadis Papadapadapadapadavis, whatever his <laughs> name is. Uh, okay, speaking of another seven-footer who does not get enough credit, getting to watch him the past two weeks, uh, Vucevic is a fucking problem. That guy is so good just wasting her way down in Orlando. He torched the Warriors twice the past two weeks. Uh, he's another one of those seven-foot guys who can hit it from outside but makes great passes and makes his teammates better around him. Uh, Sean, who's your number two? So first, I had Steph Curry number one. Number two, Stephen Curry. Oh, okay, all right. For all for, for all the reasons I already said, there is no number two. It's all it's all it's all Stephen at this point. Uh, fair enough. And uh, I'm gonna go a little bit different than Kenny on this one. I'm gonna go Joel Embiid though. Again, back to the whole first place team in a, in a conference. Embiid's having a hell of a year. And and the other thing is that that goes all to Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is an outstanding coach for that team, but he's just putting up insane numbers. He is uncoverable right now. Out in Philly. Uh, and so for number three, who do you have, Kenny? Um, I'm going to go Embiid, I think. Right. Um, yeah, he's having just a crazy run. 30, basically 30 and 11 uh, for the season. 53% from the floor. Uh, over 40% from three, which again, from a seven-footer is, is crazy to think about. Um, Has he been consistent yeah. in fantasy? Because I know you have him. Right? Uh, yeah, very, very much so. The very 90 points so. you got, and you still lost to Neil last week? Are you beating Neil? Uh, yeah. you Hell no, I won, baby. No, I lost, barely. He got lucky. <laughs> 90 point performance, you still lose. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, it's, it was about 8% of my total output for, for the week <laughs> in, that one, in that one game. It's a pretty productive game right there. Yeah. Uh, I have Curry. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Who do you have as your uh, as your third? <laughs> I have Wardell, Stephen Curry the second. Funny you should bring that up. Did you see the press conference when uh, Marcus Thompson called him Wardell? No, no. He, he he looked up from the from the press conference and had total PTSD of like, oh, mom used to call me that when I got... exactly. <laughs> mom used to call me that when I was in some shit. Wardell. Funny, yeah. I I remember getting the Sonia. Sonia. So, so I'm sure all Steph's friends came over to check Sonia when he was growing up. <laughs> uh, she was a hell of a mom. She's got two kids in the NBA. I will tip my hat to her. She's, she's an attractive woman. It's good. It's she good is. Good, good for Dell. They just seem like good a good for family. Del. Oh, yeah, great. Um, but Wardell, number three. I mean, he's after Steph and Stephen, but Wardell, number three. Is that his kid's name, Wardell three? No, that's his real name. So, no, no, no. I'm saying Steph Curry's one. Steph, Stephen Curry's number two. Oh, Wardell, Steph, and Curry, number two. Gotcha. Is, uh, I followed yeah. you. Um, I, and I will agree. I have Steph at number three just because I think in the in the true definition of most valuable, he, he falls into that category for what he's doing with the Warriors, which is kind of unprecedented at this point, keeping that team alive. Um, but, yeah, now, Sean, we, we got ourselves a little fantasy going this week, even though it's not really a game as you're favored by, like, 450 fucking points over me. You know, that's good because all I, I get all the DMPs and outs and still kick your ass. That's nice. That's, that's yeah. nice to the pillow. 
I'm just at the point where it's like I'm seven and two. I think I got I think I got a solid cushion for playoffs. I'm just like, well, this loss is gonna happen. How is your team that fucking good? Uh my team is good because I don't know anything about the players. And I it's the best way to do it. I base it solely on projection, projected points and also career projection. Because like any fantasy, it's also like position scarcity. So like, you know, no one's grabbing like there's a lot of players that score a lot of points, right? But they don't do anything else. But like centers, the guys get 10 points to 10 rebounds. Those dudes are just monsters. Not they're not sexy, but you know, they put up tons of points. But even like my team now, like now I have like Robert Covington. I either gonna drop him or James Wiseman. I'm not gonna drop Wiseman because I gotta change my team name. That's just <laughs> so I'm trying to like basically who wants Robert Covington in the league? I'll give him to you for if I can upgrade small forward, I'll give you a package. I don't care. Just need a small, small upgrade. Because right now my team's good enough where any player I drop off would be the best player on waivers. Which, yeah, you've done a good yeah. job of that. Well, it's like, I, I, you know, in baseball, I'd overthink it. In basketball, I don't know any better. So it's, you know, I just got to make sure I don't keep watching games. So I think I'm smart. Just, <laughs> just one game a day. That's it. No, just, just watch the Warriors. And then if, you know, yep. some guy goes against, goes off against the Warriors, maybe I'll look him up. I'm like, oh, he's already, he's already on 90% of teams. Okay. Not really a big deal. Can't get him. It also helps that uh, Lupe just give to me Steph Curry because he really wanted Aaron Gordon. So now I'm actually I'm, I want to trade back for Aaron Gordon just so I can like get him back. Like we traded Booker for Curry straight up, pretty much. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, you got six guys in the top fifty right now. Yeah, Drummond's falling out since he hasn't played for a week and a half. Which guy? So I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, Drummond. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's see where he goes. Yeah, you got a hell of a squad. Kenny, how's your team looking this week? Um, I'm playing Scott. Um, I don't know. It, I feel like it's a fairly close matchup. Um, but uh, I really don't want to lose very many more games, so I'm going to try to win this week. That's a probably a good idea. Oh, yeah, you guys are hey, both one tied more at thing. six and three. Um, we're one all ears. One more thing. Uh, you know, we started talking about the, the 1993 NFL season. Um, so I kind of started going down a rabbit hole. So the Miami Dolphins finished nine and seven. They lost five games in a row to end of the year and missed out on the playoffs. I just wanted to say that Dan Reno fucking sucks. Miami sucks. And fuck <laughs> you know, the, the bad thing is George is not going to hear this because I don't think he understands how to, what a podcast is right now you know actually press play on something should, should i put this on youtube maybe he'll have a better chance with it no you gotta put it on like on old school just comcast cable access or something so you can actually access it from his house go back on comcast sports now. wait who's the guy who does the golf videos greg that's greg yeah. hey. over the top over the top of greg yeah definitely thought that was george my bad Hey, so George, George's way cooler than George. Yeah, yeah, but George has way better hair than Craig. Way better hair. (laughs) George's like redeeming qualities. Like he's almost 60, and his hair is like it's like it's I'm jealous of it. Like it's top top. It's it's incredible. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll have to get George on the podcast soon then because I I gotta admit I do not know him. So you'll have to go Kenny, you have to go to his house and go. And press play on, uh, on tape Zoom for him. Yeah, yeah no, in Zoom. Yeah, yeah. We'll tape record all those segments and just play it on Zoom. There we go. There we go. Uh, well, anything else you guys want to add to this podcast as we're wrapping up here? Yeah, I want to bring up uh, Scott when he was on two weeks ago. Oh. He was awesome. 
Scott was a good time. We we had a lot of fun with Scott. It seems like he was, you know, trying to, it was an audition tape for like PTI or around the horn. I don't know which one it was, but he sounded way too natural and way too rehearsed. I know he has a like 40 mile drive to Rio Vista every day. So it gives him about 80 miles a day to rehearse talking to you guys. So he lives on an island. Is that what he said? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Like he, it, he's on an island surrounded by meth heads in Rio Vista. Like, is that accurate, Kenny? It's, it's just like, it's like one of those, like you're driving, I don't know. It's like you're driving like out, you know, in, in like towards, you know where Rio Vista, Rio, Rio Vista yes. is? Like by like an island, there's like little, there's like little streams that surround this island, quote unquote. Island. And so. But, I think I'll just to get a Rio Vista, which is, is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> Because my, my first thought was, is if he has a deck, we should do a podcast on his deck someday, and that would be a blast. He, he's ho- he hosted, like, probably yeah, three he, of our fans' football drafts. They're awesome. They had a great time. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have a deck, but he has a cool he has a cool little uh, cool little setup that is awesome for fantasy football. That sounds awesome. I like it. No, Scott uh, Scott was a lot of fun. We we, uh, we tried to do a podcast the first night, or one of the nights, and that was the week you guys opened back up for work. Yeah, so, was, obviously, shit was a little bit wild, so... Uh, it's been fun. I think I'm going to have uh, Michael on on Monday, so we'll get some good Cavs talk, if that's really a thing. I don't find How was he? I, I don't know Michael, but who was a Cavs fan? Why are you a Cavs fan? Uh, well, these are questions you need to ask. He, you come, he comes up with some some reason saying that he was a Darius Miles fan or something, and who the fuck is a Darius Miles well, fan? Why, anyway? why is he a Clippers fan, then? You should be a Clippers fan, right? right Darius, Miles, Darius Miles, or who was it? Who who what? Maybe it wasn't him. See, I don't even know. It's like whoever this person is that made my, that Mike fanboys over his, is just his, just a, his fandom is, d- is dumber than Deshaun's. Who, yeah. who are Deshaun's teams again? I don't recall. Ooh, yeah, Justin, Blackman. Justin Blackman. Justin <laughs> Blackman. Never seen Justin Blackman plays for. Oh god. That's that's his favorite player. Uh, all all three games he had. How many? Is that so, o- o- Oklahoma State is Kenny just trying to troll the Cowboys? Yeah. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> hey, at least the Oklahoma State guys don't fight MMA guys in a bathroom. You know what I mean? That was, yeah. that was, a, fun, that was a funny video because the guy, the MMA guy, kind of looks at him like, like wipes his wipes his lips, then just stacks him, punches, then good little smokes shot, picks him up. Yeah. Hey. The, the little little tap on the left side smokes him with the right. I mean, it was kind yeah. of impressive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's what we should do. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I think that's uh, that's wrapped up a, a good hour here. We've had a good time once again. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to talk some Philly sports uh, with a buddy of mine and the former chef of Empress Tavern, Anthony Scuderi. And, Great place, uh, Empress Tavern. That's one of my most of my favorite places in Sacramento. Well, we're, we're going to have to get you down to Camden here pretty soon so we can change your mind there, Sean. Okay. Well, Empress is closed, right? Empress is closed. I, Empress is closed for the foreseeable future. But uh, their, their their fried chicken was amazing. They did have their lamb chops. Lamb chops, lamb chops were my were my favorite. Actually, whatever Neil brought from the kitchen was my favorite. That's right. The <laughs> bone marrow. The bone marrow luge. The oh, bone marrow luge was always cheer, fun. Cheer, cheers to the uh, the Irish whiskey going down going down the hatch after the nice lubricant and the fat. That was some good stuff. All right, guys. Once again, thank you for listening to us, and we'll uh, see you later.